What's your passion? What makes you wake up every morning? What keeps you up at night? What values do you believe in? What problems do you want to solve? Lastly, what makes you, you? Hi, this is Jen Kahukom, and welcome to Your Brand, Your Story podcast, where we share stories and conversations about humanness and authenticity. Hello, everyone. Our guest for today is a master life coach, business strategist, and the founder of Success Coaching Lab. He helps purpose-driven entrepreneurs get crystal clear on their goals and what they need to do to achieve them. When he's not writing or coaching, you'll find him reading nonfiction books, play the piano, binge watching with a bowl of salted popcorn, or running at the park blasting hip-hop on his headphones. I've personally come across his insightful social media posts and even engaged in them as I truly resonate with his content. Well, I guess we'll find out more if we are truly aligned as we do this conversation today to know more about him not only as a coach and founder, but also as a person. Let's all welcome Chris Acebo. Hi, Chris. Hi. How are you? Hi, Jen. I'm good. Thanks for having me. And thanks for that really awesome intro. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I really made sure that, um, that I prepare for that because truly I meant it when I said that I do resonate your, with your posts. So um, awesome. I'll cut to the chase. Can you... Um, tell us, our listeners, more about yourself. Tell us about your passion and the work that you do. Sure, absolutely. So as you had already shared, I'm a master life coach and a business strategist. I'm passionate about empowering others to carve their own path, build a business that they love, and live their best life. So quick background. This is something that I actually went through myself personally. And unfortunately, the Filipino stereotype rang true to me. <laughs> I actually became a nurse against my wishes because I was supposed to work overseas and make a living that way. So I did, however, develop a liking for nursing throughout my college years. I excelled in my studies and I ranked well in my board exam. I wow. also did well as, as a nurse. And even if it was short-lived, um, you know, I, I did well on the job. I was one month away from being regularized at the hospital and I had to make a hard decision whether I should keep going or whether I should bail. And after a lot of deliberation, I decided to quit. A big part of that decision was that I felt I could not make more impact. I, rather, I felt that I could make more impact doing something else. I wasn't exactly sure what, but I knew at the time that it wasn't through my job as a nurse. I also didn't want to be away from my family. So this was a pivotal moment for me because it completely changed the trajectory of my life for the better. I started again from scratch and I became an online freelancer. I had no idea what I was doing back then because I had only learned about freelancing from a friend while I was reviewing for the board exams. And given my skill set, I had to start out as a health writer. So all my training was preparing me to be a nurse at the hospital. So I had to work with my decent English 
uh, speaking and writing skills and kind of merged that with nursing. So that's how I got started as a freelancer, uh, health writing and health articles. And from there, I've also offered other services. I've been a virtual assistant. I've been a customer support agent. I've been a transcriptionist. I've, I've got paid to try games or test games and, and then some, you know, I tried a lot of things. Uh, but it was my work with a startup in Silicon Valley that served other startups in Silicon Valley and in Tel Aviv, where I learned about entrepreneurship. And from there, I learned about all things business. So I did market research, marketing, sales, etc. And I started offering relevant services like content marketing, social media marketing, and copywriting. Now, going through all this, I've come to realize that it's not really something I wanted to do with my life. I've always felt a strong pull to motivate, inspire, and teach, but I never really explored that, and I kept pushing it aside. So in 2019, I took a long sabbatical. I dropped some projects, and I stopped accepting new projects and really reflected on what I wanted to do moving forward. Now, this is not to say that sabbaticals are necessary. Sometimes insights and breakthroughs do come to you in a flash. Um, but in my case, I, it took a while. So that was when I decided to give my inner calling a try. And so I became a master life coach um, later that year. And I got my certifications and um, I started coaching ambitious and purpose-driven entrepreneurs. All of these transitions from different service offerings and different business models are something that I've come to know as pathfinding. Because the only way to find your passion or your true north is to try things. And I did exactly that. So that's pretty much a long background about me. You know what? I, I, there, there were two things that you said that really resonated with me purpose-driven and true north mm. true north um i guess i mean it's it's good that you've um that you you've specified you know helping out purpose um driven entrepreneurs but i I'd, I'd like to ask was um is there any um specific reason as to why you would want them? Is there an advocacy behind it as to why you would want to help purpose-driven um, entrepreneurs? I mean, tell, tell us more about it. Are you, um, are you aiming to help those who are already purpose-driven or are you aiming to help them um, or make them realize that they have to be purpose-driven when they become an entrepreneur? Well, I guess it's a little bit of both. Uh, ultimately, we are all purpose-driven. Um, and when it comes to entrepreneurship, having purpose is a really powerful driving force when it comes to not only growing your business, but also making an impact or a difference in the world. So I, I believe that we all seek purpose. And especially for my demographic, dealing with millennials, we generally are the purpose-driven generation. Uh, and, and you will see this in... Um, in the work environment where a lot of our millennials are jumping from job to job. They cannot stay at a job for very long. It just takes them a few months and then they quit and then they jump for the next job. And I feel that a lot of businesses uh, misinterpret incentivization, uh, incentivizing through 
uh, monetary means. Uh, for uh, the old business model, there's a belief that you know money is a strong motivator. But for this demographic, it's actually purpose. A big reason why many of our millennials jump from job to job is because they seek purpose. They seek a sense of meaning, a sense of contribution. So, so that's something that has really inspired me to, to do this is because this generation is very purpose hungry and our businesses are not necessarily designed to kind of highlight purpose behind businesses. Right, right. Now, before we, before I ask questions about Chris as a person, as a human being, I, I'm, I'm interested more about your, your new project, your new endeavor. Tell us more about um, Success Coaching Dab. Congratulations, by, by the way, on the launch. Awesome. Thank you. So Success Coaching Lab is a membership uh, program. Is built for ambitious and purpose-driven entrepreneurs to, you know, create their uh, business that they love and live their best life. So it's really when you say success coaching, it's really just helping people get from where they are to where they want to be. Now it sounds a bit general, but when you incorporate the use of intuition, which is a big part of my coaching, is you'll be able to find your true north without having to rely on external means. Because all the answers really, if you're able to hone it and practice it, will come from within. So it's about using your intuition to, to create a life that you love, a life and business that you love. And the membership aims to provide that. Right, right. By the way, I, I came across, since we're now talk, talking about success, um, teaching people how to become successful, I've come across this um, statement in, in one of your pages in your website, and it resonated with me. I actually copied it, copied it and make sure that I ask you about it. Um, can, mm. you tell, can you tell us more about this statement? You said success in any area of your life is something you attract by the person you become. Right. Um, so that is based on a premise that we cannot manifest what we want. We can only manifest what we already have, or what we already are. So yeah, the point of that is to highlight the importance of personal development or self-growth. I feel that what's really lacking in the entrepreneurial space or the industry today is like a lack of personal developments. Um, there's this obsession with this attainment of a lot of money, who makes the most money. And there's this little emphasis on our own wellness and our relationships and all the other life areas or aspects of life. So, you know, when you create a life that you love, it involves setting goals for your um, spiritual wellness, for your emotional wellness, for your intellectual wellness, as well as your physical uh, wellness. It also involves setting goals for your relationships, not only with your significant others, but also with your family, with your children, if you have any. And also setting recreational goals, like things you want to do for, for fun. Mm. Right, right. Now, also, this is something that I've um, also noticed in, in your content. And this is something, by the way, that I also resonate with. Um, it appears that in your posts, in your insights, you're not, when you, when, you, when you teach people, you're not really giving them 
um, definitive answers. It's mm-hmm. like your um, since I guess I'd like to think that it's because you believe that one size uh, it it's not a one size fits all thing, right? Mm. So I I love the fact that you teach them how to think. It's like you're not telling them that this is where you should go. This is where you should go because this works. I mm. love the fact that it's like you're teaching them how to create their own roadmap. Yes, and, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, got, I, I got a good um, um, glimpse of that, right? So yeah, <laughs> so I, got, I, I, guess, I guess my impression is accurate. Can you tell us more about it? Because I, I guess one of the reasons why I asked this question is because I also want our listeners to realize that one's success cannot necessarily be your success as well, even if you mm. do the same exact steps. Because mm-hmm. like you said, I mean, we have our own purpose. And it's right. just really a matter of creating that roadmap to fulfill that purpose in order for us to be happy, right? So right. What, uh, what would you tell our listeners for them to sort of, you know, um, contemplate that, you know, uh, about the importance of creating their own roadmap for their success? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so again, it circles back to the importance of intuition. I feel that because of how our educational system has been set up and how society has been set up, um, we have lost our ability to listen to our own intuition. So every time we look for answers, whether that's in our career, our work, or business, or in life in general, we tend to look for the answers outside of us. We look to other experts. We look to other maybe coaches or mentors, but too often we skip looking within ourselves. And and that's ultimately what I want to encourage people to hone is their intuition because uh, that's inner wisdom. It's inner knowing. It sounds woo-woo or cheesy or weird, but when you are able to experience this, this, are, this is one of the things that cannot necessarily be taught conceptually. It can just be experienced. So when you, when you really give this a try and listen to your intuition, and I know for some people who are not used to it, it can feel really hard because we tend to judge our intuition intellectually on an intellectual level, but intuition is not meant to be judged it's just meant to be listened to so that's why when i post it's generally neutral and really i I do agree and you got the point that my objective is to make people think and to come up with the answers themselves Um, also a big part of coaching is asking questions empowering questions and that's what i like to do sometimes i'm very thoughtful about the questions that i ask and um I design them in a way that lets people come with the insights themselves. So I don't necessarily give them the takeaway like, hey, you should, like you said, you should think this, you should think that or do this or do that. I let them come with the answers themselves, with the realizations and insights and breakthroughs themselves. And then it's more powerful that way. It's more impactful. It's more resonant. And it makes more sense for them. Thank you for sharing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I'd like to know more about Chris as a person, if you will. So can you mm. tell us um, about a moment in your life where you 
really wanted to achieve or have something, but you know it wasn't going to be easy, but still did it anyway? Sure. So I think in my life, there were two moments. I'll give you two. And the first one I shared earlier was about quitting my nursing job. That was a particularly difficult decision to make because, again, I, I was a good student and people had this expectation of me that I'll do well as a professional nurse. But it wasn't really something that I wanted to do with my life. And that's not to, to badmouth nursing. I definitely have my full respects to the profession. It really is a vocation. It's a serving profession. And hats off to people who do nursing because they love it. And they like taking care of the sick and helping promote health. But for me, you know, that was a hard decision because um, when I was, how old was I back then? I was way younger. So I had this obsession about, oh my gosh, what would people think of me? What would my batchmates uh, think about this decision and so all this obsession about other people's opinions and judgment and being judged so that was one um, moment that was I, I felt was going to be difficult and the second one is making that transition to doing life coaching and building success coaching lab um, because I had pretty much already established myself in the freelancing space I have been doing a lot of talks um, nationwide I traveled to to speak and I did a lot of uh, workshops and seminars, and I even actually made uh, courses to help people with um, freelancing. But then I got to a point where I'm, again, asking the hard questions if it's really something I want to do and, and asking a lot of deep, difficult questions. And I realized <clears throat> that, no, you know, I've been denying myself um, to do life coaching for a very long time and I felt that it was time. So even if it came at the cost of having to decrease my income a little bit for several months and to really redirect where I was going, uh, it made it totally worth it. So, so I guess those were the two moments, although you asked for one, <laughs> I shared two. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all the better so that people would also know you better. Um, you mentioned about intuition and while you were sharing that story, um, it, it just reminded me, Worcester, what was that part in your life where you had to rely on your intuition? I mean, it could be a moment when um, you were already concerned, let's say, with the financial aspect of it, but you still, you still, um, you still uh, stuck by your decision because your mm. intuition tells you that something better would come out of it. I mean, when was that part when you really relied on your intuition? I think I relied on my intuition every step of the way. Um, and ultimately, I mean, that's something that we would like to practice and hone. Um, actually do maintain a meditation practice. And that's a great way to listen to your intuition. I, I really love sharing that um, prayer is speaking to God and meditation is listening to God. And a lot of people who I share that with, they're always so like surprised, like, wow, that's very insightful. And, and it is because meditation is, you know, being still and just being. And that allows you to give yourself the space to, to listen to your inner wisdom, to your inner knowing or, or to the universe, whatever language that you use, to God even, um, whatever language makes sense to you. Um, so, yeah, I felt like I, I relied on it. I felt that on situations where I relied on my intuition, if 
something failed or flopped or didn't work out that I was satisfied. I'm I'm still glad that I gave it a try. And on situations that I didn't, I would tend to regret it or it would cost me a lot of stress or uh, emotional like turmoil, <laughs> something like that. So So yeah, I would say I used it for the most part, like every time I had to make a decision, I had to, I had to ask myself, you know, what made sense, what felt right. And I made the decision from there. It's, it's, it's a good thing that you shared that. Thank you, by the way. It's because it's a total contrast of what I have experienced. And I guess you're already aware of that. I'm much, much older than you. But of course, that doesn't discount. I mean, I respect, mm-hmm. I, I, I really respect your your profession and all. That's why I follow you through your posts. But I guess what happened back then, I guess it's also because I I lived with parents, with folks who who lived in a different era, in a different world. So exactly. I'm somehow influenced by their mm. beliefs, beliefs. So mm. what happened was, so it took a while before I connected the dots. So I guess what I'm trying to say is, had I... Had I relied on my intuition back then and mm. not listened to other voices, I could have found my path early on, probably in the mm. same age as you are. So that's what I'm uh. saying. And, that's, and that is actually why, why, why I wanted you to share your stories because what happened to me was a connecting the dots thing. So when I finally mm. realized, when I finally connected the dots, it was actually an emotional awakening moment for me. It was like, oh mm. my God, I, how did I miss those signals all these years? Mm-mm. So I guess, yeah, like I said, I want the people to learn to, yeah, rely on their intuition, probably practice it through meditation so that they won't, you know, they won't end up with people like me that they're missing all the signals. But it's still, of course, a learning experience because I was still able to get there, but it, it took a number of years. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. Thanks for yeah. sharing that. Yeah, and, and that's totally fine to arrive at, at something much later than others. Um, so I believe in the lessons in spirituality that are we have an individualized curriculum. So we arrive at, let's say, enlightenment, or we reach a breakthrough at our own pace. Uh, But no matter how you got there, the process of getting there makes it a good thing. Like, it was a good thing that you missed those signals, or that, you know, you weren't listening to intuition back then, if it meant that it led you to where you are now. So that's awesome still. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. So, yeah. So you you shared about your journey. I'm pretty sure that there have been vulnerable moments. I mean, can you share with mm. us the time you know when, um, when the situation made you vulnerable, and what did you learn from that situation? Sure. So there are many moments that I feel that way, and I'll elaborate what and why. So I feel vulnerable every time I put myself out there. So when I share my truth with others. Now that's not to say that my truth is the absolute truth. It's just the truth, my truth in the way that I see it. So I claim no monopoly on the truth. Uh, But every time I do share a thought, whether that's written or in video or whether I make a podcast episode, I do feel vulnerable because I open myself to the possibility of being judged, being ostracized or being hated. And I've had my fair share of those. 
But I've come to learn that vulnerability is essential to living authentically. You know, without vulnerability, we censor ourselves and we only present a version of ourselves that we think or feel is acceptable to others. But that's no way to, to live. So, yeah, I guess that. <laughs> I, I love the fact that you said um, that you, you still entertain the thought of being hated, being judged, because uh, some people would, would just shrug it off. And I'm glad mm. that you're still, you know, um, you, still, you, you still maintain being realistic. I mean, where is that coming from? I think, I think just from doing it, I think you get insights like this. The only way to really arrive at an insight is through engagement or through action. So when you try it and then you experience it and you're like, okay, this is how it works. And also, you know, developing that ability to accept, you know, so this comes from a level of acceptance that you accept that this will happen um you know at one point or the other and being okay with that you know it's it's totally okay people will have different opinions and they will have different beliefs and values and and that's fine yes yes and yeah personally as well the good thing about you know still keeping it real entertaining the possibility of being judged or being hated it's it makes you i guess to me it makes you more human it also um, brings out authenticity in you, the humanness in you, at least. I mean, how would you deal with those type of situations, right? Mm-mm. So, Yeah, exactly. And when it comes also, even speaking to the marketing side of things um, and, and being authentic, um, being vulnerable is how you resonate with your people, like if you are neutral all the time, if you want to be agreeable all the time, then you're not really magnetizing or attracting, you know, the people you want to attract, the people who actually matter. So, you know, they say there's no money in the middle. It's either you hate me or, or you love me. So... <laughs> Yes, yes. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for stressing that out because that's also what I um what I continually advocate to to business owners who are struggling to put themselves out there uh because more often than not, especially during this pandem- pandemic when a lot of traditional business owners are still um in that uh, starting phase of digital transformation and more often mm-hmm. than not I would tell them that they should really tell their story so that they'd easily attract the people just the people that they want to attract and the really best way to do it I mean there's no there's no tactic to it there's no false tactic to it but really just to be themselves and put themselves out there and exactly. yeah because I mean at the at the end of the day you you attract you attract who you are. So, mm. I mean, have, have you encountered those type of business owners? How do you encourage them to be their authentic I, self? Well, sometimes we have to look at some underlying beliefs or assumptions um, and really explore that um, because, you know, a lot of the fears are just limiting beliefs that needs to be flipped. Um, so, some, you know, the problem people fear putting themselves out there is, of, is that fear, that fear of being judged, that f- 
fear of being rejected or humiliated. So you need to explore that first and really try to ask empowering questions like what's what's the what's the worst thing that could happen you know if you put yourself out there things like that and then usually the client will come to the realization that you know i don't i won't lose a lot i'm just being neurotic about this (laughs) and and that's really (laughs) and that's really that's really empowering for them to realize that you know what these obsessions about other people's opinion is is bs um and then you know that puts them in a position of empowerment and that kind of like encourages them to put themselves out there regardless of their fears. Right. And it's ironic if you think about it, the the belief, I mean, it, it also applies to me sometimes. There are some beliefs that I've held on for too long mm. and mm. Parang in the long run, I realized that it's not, it's not helping me. And then the mm. moment I entertain a different perspective, yun pa yung nag empower sa akin. Beautiful. Ganon. Yeah. Yeah, that's nice. Um, yeah, people often forget that beliefs are merely interpretations. Um, but the sad part is that we forget that they are interpretations and that we can create a different interpretation. So it's awesome that you're able to replace it. Right, right. Thank you. So, yeah, you've, you've already shared a lot. I mean, from, from the time that you shifted your career, I mean, even from the way you transitioned from a freelancer now to a master life coach, now that you are founder of an amazing app, um, I mean, what lens, is, uh, what lens in life is Chris looking at right now? Basically, what is life for Chris at the moment? I love holding the belief that life is fun, you know, that life is an adventure. I believe that we're all spiritual beings having a human experience and that our purpose in life is to spread love. And I know that sounds cheesy coming from an entrepreneur, but that is a big lesson for me. I think like we obsess about too many petty things and forget about our purpose, which is to to be a force of love. I love that. I love that. I, I, I just, you just reminded me of that TED, TEDx um, speaker who, who did um, advocate about, about love and that love should be present even in the workplace. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, really. So I'm, I'm now down to my last two questions, but these are my favorite questions. Now, if you were to describe yourself in one word, what would that word be? And that's definitely a, a tough question to ask, but uh, to relate it to my last answer, I would love to describe myself as love. You know, <clears throat> love is, we all know what love is. It's, it's patient, it's kind, it, it's compassionate, it's understanding, it's non-judgmental. And I, I want to hold that to be true in my life. And uh, <clears throat> yeah, and it will be awesome if people feel that from me <laughs> I love that yeah I love love and I love that so yes yeah it, it sounds cheesy to to talk about this concept especially in the world of entrepreneurship or business uh, which has become a bit loveless over the last few years um, but if you really dive deep into this concept and what its implications are in our life our business our career or work whatever 
it's it's amazing. It's very um, it's transformative, and it's a completely different world. True, and no, I'm I'm slowly discovering that it's like our beliefs, our goals are like on the same train track because you mentioned about love and its importance in business and career. And and my take is, is similar because one of the reasons mm-hmm. why I'm doing what I do is is because I want to put the soul back into the business. And you cannot really yes. put the soul. I just realized that you cannot put the soul there if there's no love. So, I love it, yes. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, just, just to add to that, like, the energy to which we do something, um, the, you know, anything that we do is energized with the energy with which we do it. So you cannot build a business you love and be miserable doing it, if that makes sense. Like you need to have that right consciousness, that right energy. Like if you want to create a business you love, you need to do it lovingly, <laughs> if that makes sense. Exactly. Yes, yes. And sometimes the most effective strategy is just made up of simple words, universal words. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Totally agree. Yes. All right. For my last question. So once all is said and done, how would Chris like to be remembered? I would like to be remembered as someone who followed his heart someone who lived a life true to himself and inspiring others to do the same because uh, you can't inspire others if you're not inspired yourself and inspiration comes from alignment. Uh, That's just one implication of you cannot give what you don't have. And I also want to be remembered as someone who did good in the world, um, someone who made a positive impact on other people's lives, even if that impact is really small. Um, But yeah, that's how I would like to be remembered. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time, Chris. Three important things I learned today, and I hope our listeners would also keep this in mind. Thank you. And thank you for this, Chris. Purpose, intuition, and lastly, and most important of all, love. Thank you so Uh, much again for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I had such a fun time. Same here, same here. Thank you for listening to today's episode. This has been Your Brand, Your Story. Stories and conversations about humanness and authenticity. And I'm your host, Jen Kahukon. Do you have a story to share? Send me a message by visiting my website, at jenkahukong.asia